the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We need more Daniels. We need more people who are willing to share their faith in God and who are willing to open their windows and honor Him before a watching world. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And this is a daily visit called Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton is taking us verse by verse through the Old Testament book of Daniel in a series called The Two Kingdoms, this kingdom that we see all around us and that spiritual kingdom that's very real but unseen. I'm Mike Trout, and we appreciate your involvement with us, whether it's through prayer, suggestions, comments, or financially. You can reach us through the website highlands.us or give us a call at 650-873-4095. And here's Pastor Layton. Scriptures tell us that God sends the angels to serve us. And when Daniel was pulled out of that lion's den, he didn't have any wounds. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have any burns when they were pulled out of the fiery furnace. Daniel was declared innocent by ordeal. The Lord delivered Daniel because of his faith and because he was innocent of any crimes before the king or before the Lord. And that long night of darkness ended in a morning of glory. Can you imagine how quickly the news spread about the miracle of Daniel in the lion's den? Just like the news spread quickly about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego coming out of that fiery furnace unharmed. You know, God could have prevented Daniel from even going into the lion's den by redirecting the path of history, because God is in control of that path. But by allowing Daniel to go in and come out unhurt, the Lord received even greater glory and honor. Verse 24, And the king commanded those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives, And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. So Darius considered them guilty, guilty of having falsely represented to him that everyone was in agreement about this decree, when in fact they hadn't even consulted, nor would they consult Daniel. And in the masterly touch of poetic justice, Daniel records the fate of the conspirators and their families. Before they even touched or reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. This fact eliminates the argument of some skeptics that suggest the lions weren't hungry. You know, there's a law of compensation in the Scripture that says, whoever digs a pit implied in order to cause harm to another, whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. For example, Pharaoh ordered the Hebrew male babies destroyed in Egypt, and at Passover, all the Egyptian firstborn died. He commanded the newborn Jewish babies to be drowned in the River Nile, and his own army was drowned in the Red Sea. Haman tried to destroy the Jewish nation, created a gallows upon which he intended to hang Mordecai, but he hung on those gallows that he had intended for Mordecai. 
And even if sinners aren't judged in this present life, they will be judged on the day of judgment. You know, false witness, accusations, and gossip would probably almost altogether disappear if the person making the accusations was required to pay the penalty for the crime they accused someone else of committing. It should surely make them think twice. Now, it might seem cruel to us that the families were destroyed along with the conspirators, but that was an official Persian law, and the conspirators knew it, which means that when they chose to enter into this diabolical path, they knew they were putting their families at risk. If people realize that their sin affects not only them, but their entire family, they might be a lot more careful not to participate in sin. The fact of the matter is, our sin always affects others. And so Darius now issues a decree. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. It's a decree very, very similar to the decree of King Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 3 after the fiery furnace. In it, the theology is true, that God saves people and rescues them from danger and death and performs signs and wonders. Verse 28, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You know, he continued to live to see Cyrus issue the edict that permitted the Jews to return to their land and rebuild their temple. In fact, he may have contributed in some fashion to this becoming a reality. And then this chapter concludes the historical section of Daniel. And from this chapter, from the next chapter forward, it is primarily concerned with the visions and prophecies that were given to Daniel in his lifetime. So what are some of the things that we can take home from Daniel chapter 6? Well, you know that this book, Daniel, was written more than 2,000 years ago. In fact, Jesus walked this earth 2,000 years ago, and this book was written centuries before Jesus. But you know, some things never change. Some things are always the same. Godless politicians are always the same. They still use lies, flattery, and manipulation to gain their objectives. They often have hidden agendas for the laws they write and support. They use their position for personal gain. They work together as a team or organization, a band of thieves, organized crime, operating behind the guise of legitimate government. They remove anyone who stands in their way, even to the point of having them killed, preferably by someone else. It happened thousands of years ago. It still happens today. Godless politicians are still the same. Second, governments are still the same. Godless governments always want to be God. Darius, the governor, issued a law forbidding anyone to pray to any God or man except for himself for a period of 30 days, which meant he was putting himself in the place of God. In effect, he was saying, I'm the one that you should come to. I am your provider. I am your protector. I am your God. Don't call on God. Call on the government. 
We are here to help. Godless government creates an environment where people become dependent upon the government instead of God. The government wants to replace God. The pattern is repeated again in the fourth kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the Roman Empire. Citizens of the Roman Empire were required to burn a pinch of incense to the reigning Caesar and utter the words, Caesar is Lord. And it is this that the early Christians refused to do and for which they found themselves thrown to the lions and crucified. It was not that Christians were forbidden to worship God. They could worship any God they chose so long as they worshiped Caesar as God. The Roman Empire was very tolerant. But when Christians refused to honor Caesar as God, they were executed. Governments are still the same. Governments want to replace God, godless governments. The government giveth, the government taketh away. Blessed be the name of the government. However, unlike the true and living God, the government can't give until the government first takes away. Third, God can choose and use godless leaders. In chapters 4 and 5 of Daniel, we were reminded four times that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom He will. The context of that biblical declaration is in reference to God picking godless Nebuchadnezzar to be His chosen leader. God doesn't always choose godly people to lead. God can use a pagan leader like Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, or Cyrus to accomplish his purpose in government. Fourth, believers should not hide their faith. Like Daniel, we should not be intimidated. Some people believe they keep their belief in God private and will only confess it if asked. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to be seen as religious. And so they privatized their convictions. Daniel didn't do that. Instead of hiding his convictions, he knelt in that window in the sight of Babylon as he prayed. Now, Daniel was wise. He was tactful. He was not needlessly abrasive in displaying his faith in God. And we should be likewise. And finally... We must say that God doesn't always rescue his faithful servants in this fashion. Hebrews 11.33 speaks of those who by faith shut the mouth of lions, which is a clear reference to Daniel. But immediately after that, the book also speaks of those who were tortured and refused to be released, faced jeers and flogging, were stoned, were sawed in two, were put to death by the sword, and suffered many other punishments. God calls some to win by living and others to win by dying. But whether in life or death, God rules and we are called to serve Him. The question is, will we do it? The world needs those who know God and will live for His righteousness even when the entire culture is turned against it. Daniel has a message for God's people today who are suffering because of the righteous stand for the Lord. Whether they are facing a fiery furnace or a roaring lion, we are in the Lord's care. 
And he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The scriptures say we need to cast all of our care upon him, for he cares for you. We need more Daniels. We need more people who are willing to share their faith in God and who are willing to open their windows and honor him before a watching world. I asked this question earlier in our series, and I'm going to ask it again. Do you remember that children's song, Dare to be a Daniel, Dare to Stand Alone, Dare to Have a Purpose Firm, and Dare to Make It Known? More about the prophet Daniel as we push on through this book with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. It seems so appropriate to be studying this book at this time as we cope with unprecedented challenges and also as we make our way through another election cycle here in the U.S. Pastor Layton will make that link a bit more directly as we get into future chapters in this Old Testament book. I'm Mike Trout. Can you take a few seconds and let us know that you're listening? Simply go to the website, highlands.us, and open up the contact page, that's highlands.us, or you can give us a call at 650-873-4095. Have a safe rest of your day, and join us tomorrow for more study in Daniel, verse by verse.